I'm charged up. Charged up after a big win against the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'm ready to go back to Arizona to play the San Francisco 49ers. Akeem, how you doing? I'm going to let you take it away and I'll let you introduce our guest today. Hey, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. If you don't know us by now, please get to know us. This is Built in Buffalo. This is Bill's Bunker. We on each and every Tuesday, 930. You got the uh, host and my boy, Jacob. You got my boy, uh, the Twitter monster, the Twitter killer, my boy, Chris. He he finally comes on and gets to chop it up with us. And we really excited to have him on one of the more knowledgeable up and coming content creators. Chris, what's going on, brother? Ah, not too much. Appreciate it. Uh, can't wait to finally get some live shows under my belt, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good one. It's oh, it be, will be. It will be. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show. We've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to start about talking about the past week around the NFL, and we'll even get into some score predictions at the end of – well, not score predictions, just who we think is going to win at the end of the se- – at the end of the – the video we're going to talk about every game this upcoming week as well. So, Falcons upset the Raiders 43 to 6. Did not see that coming. Damn. Yeah, man. I I, I really I really didn't see that coming. We are talking about a, a Raiders team that played the Chiefs very well in both games. So, it was really surprising to see. At the same time, Oakland, Kansas City, they're divisional rivals, and you know those the divisional games. Sometimes you could throw those uh, those records out the window. So this was a, a interesting score to see, and the Raiders laid an egg on this one. Yeah, I think uh, I think this score right here, it's gonna help me with my prediction later in the show because I think the Falcons might pull another upset this upcoming week. Nice, nice, interesting. We've I got that. the Giants. 19 over the Joe Burrow less Cincinnati Bengals. That was uh, I watched some of the highlights of that game. That was ugly. Yeah, this it just not great football from either team. But I mean, kind of saw it coming without Burrow. The Giants should pull that one off, and I believe they are first place in the NFC East, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they they actually they actually are first place, and they've been doing a good job, man. Joe Judge has been getting has been rallying those troops over there in New York, and they've been doing a good job. Uh, we'll see the status of Daniel Jones. He went down with a hamstring injury, and that's not good news considering how the Washington football team has been playing as well. And that's going to be, in my opinion, a two team race by two teams you wouldn't think would be in the race in the beginning of the season. I've got no Washington. I've got Washington in that division. We've got our guy Jeff Davis here. He's been on the show the past couple of weeks. What's up? Nice to see you back on the show. What's going on, Jeff? And this is a game where Akeem and I both predicted the Colts would win last week, and the Titans showed us why they went to the AFC Championship game last week. Damn, 45-26. Big physical bunch, big physical football team, man. Now that that's that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Tennessee. Big and physical. AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, uh, Corey Davis, John o. Smith. Those are a lot of big boys to tackle, and a uh, very physical football team. And they showed why. One name you mentioned, Derrick Henry. He's unstoppable. It seems like he's just oh my god, he's going to be a, a pain in the playoffs if they do get through. 
because you know running the ball in the playoffs is always the key and saw it last year and it could come back and help him again this year definitely derrick henry is i mean i've seen a lot of clips of him and uh josh norman was put down on that one play i've seen that a lot but uh Browns 27, Jaguars 25. This is a game that probably should not have been this close for a Browns team that's competing for a playoff spot. But it is what it is. Yeah, they're, they're, the Browns are have a very favorable schedule, and they're taking advantage of that this season. Uh, Vikings-Panthers 28-27. This was a nail-biter. I thought the Panthers would pull this one out, but the Vikings just edged them. They were up big, I think, too, the Panthers, right? They were up by, I think, two scores at one point. And then the Vikings, I think, lost to Dallas the week before. Stuff falling apart there. And then they go up and get this big win. Still in with a shot at the playoffs, too. But I don't know, two teams that kind of, like, inconsistent. Definitely. Bad loss for the Panthers. Uh, Jeremy Chin. Uh, the safety for the the rookie safety for Carolina, back to back possessions with a touchdown on the defensive side of the ball, just squandered his his brilliant performance and his history making performance. Uh, Carolina has work to do. Cardinals, Patriots, Patriots edged the Cardinals. Something we couldn't do, unfortunately, recently. But hey, the Patriots move up and uh, they stay away from being eliminated in the playoff race. Yep, and, and I like it because uh, the Patriots now feel like they are live at five and six, and now every game is meaningful for them. And, I, and, and that's good because we need a great performance from New England when they face Miami. So if they feel mentally that they're in this playoff picture, they're going to give Miami a run for that money in the game. So uh, I, I appreciate the win, actually. And you know what? On top of that, I wouldn't want to play a New England team that isn't playing too well. I want to beat the Patriots while they're at their best. And if they can beat the Cardinals and they're trying to get back to what they were the first couple weeks of the season, I'd like to see us beat a better Patriots team than we did a couple weeks back. Yeah, everyone. Dolphins 20 over the Jets 3. I think we all saw this coming. Yeah, it's. I mean, the Jets are just horrible. They might actually go the entire year without winning a game, and I couldn't be happier. I would. That would make everything so much better. Like, just oh, that'd be wonderful. Saints Broncos. The Broncos uh, had some unfortunate events transpire, and the Saints took advantage of it. That was uh, seemed pretty unfair at times, but it was ugly. Uh, shout out! Shout out! Denver's quarterback for coming out and with in in that situation and 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 putting up a performance. You can't look at stats. I know other coaches alluded to it earlier after the game on Sunday, uh, where he was able to uh, endure during his uh, forty eight hours in coming into the game was is amazing. And shout out to the quarterback. Definitely, that's not easy. That's not easy to do. Uh, not at all. I couldn't imagine being thrown into that fire pit. 49ers, our opponent this upcoming week, just edged the Rams 23-20. to Interesting battle That's there. Surprising one. That's a very surprising one. I thought the Rams would definitely have that. They're looking like a very good team as of late. And obviously, we got the 49ers coming up. Obviously, we'll talk about them. But, you know, that's a big win for them. Maybe gives gives them some confidence coming into our game. 
who knows? It'll be a tough one. They're getting healthy too. At the, at the right time. So the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers, and Tyreek Hill had an amazing first quarter, over 200 yards receiving. But the Buccaneers, I mean, they kind of started to come back. It was ugly to start the game. Chiefs ultimately win this game. And Tyreek, Tyreek Hill, and and Patrick Mahomes is a is is a video game. You know, it's like it's 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 like playing Madden with Madden. You know, <laughs> and it, it, it's really not fair what they're doing. And Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, I know people have seen the stat by now. They are one and two in receiving yards in the NFL. And that, in my opinion, that team, the Kansas City Chiefs, is the scariest team in the NFL uh, today, in my opinion. By far. By far. Definitely. Packers, 41. Bears, 28. I mean, that's kind of a one-sided rivalry recently. <laughs> Yeah, and what happened to the Bears? Weren't they like five and zero or five and one at one point? They just—I think they've lost four or five straight or something like that. They, they just—they have no fallen. offense. Yeah, that's they're—they're they're riding on the defense, and that's not something you want to do. They have two backup quarterbacks trying to be a starter. Yep. yep. Exactly. Seattle barely beats Philly, twenty-three seventeen. Carson Wentz did not look good. I mean. Yeah. At it's what point at, at, at what point do you put in Jalen Hurts? You know, I, I, I know a lot of people – I know they said it even yesterday. The commentators was like, well, you can't take Carson Wentz out. He gave you the best chance to win. But when you draft a quarterback in the second round that high, it's for a reason. You didn't, you didn't elect to get your quarterback more help. You elected to get him more competition. <laughs> and when you're not performing to standards of a number two overall pick, when you're not performing to standards of a of a supposed to be MVP, if you didn't get hurt, uh, there is some cause for concern. And that team right now looks in flex, in flux. It could be the coaching staff. It could be the players. It could be a combination of both. But Jalen Hurts' time might be coming in Philly sooner rather than later. And best chance to win, they're not winning. So clearly he doesn't really give him the best <laughs> chance to win. So at one point you just say like, all right, we'll just try him out. If he doesn't work, he doesn't work. That whole division is just a train wreck. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, Texans-Lions. And Texans have been playing some good football recently. Deshaun Watson killed the Lions. I have a friend who's a Lions fan, and he was not too happy. Usually isn't on Thanksgiving. 41-25 victory for the Texans. Nice. Nice for the Texans, man. Only unfortunate thing for them is that they, they release Kenny Stills and, Stills, and as soon as they release him, uh, Will Fuller get banned for PEDs. So if they would have found out a day later, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Stills might have a job. Well, yeah. That's why you don't trade DeAndre Hopkins. Also true. Also true. <laughs> So the Washington football team wrecked the Dallas Cowboys 41-16. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Man, that you know defense what? is horrible. They get so much media attention, I don't want to even give them more attention. Let's, mo let's move on. Let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on. And this is the Bills bunker built in Buffalo. Said it last week. I'll continue saying it. Got to preach. Shout out the show. And as... Right here, smash the like button. Hit the notification bell. You'll be notified every time we're live here. 
being streamed on both the Bills Bunker and Built in Buffalo YouTube channels. Go on Spotify podcast as well. We're everywhere. We're expanding. We're going to get into a segment that I like to call Flag or No Flag. (laughs) And I want you guys in the comments section to chime in as well. Let us know on these plays. Are these flags or not? And where are they? So let's start off with this one. Diving for the pylon, and he got there. Come on, man. Come on, man. We just scored a touchdown. When you score touchdowns, you celebrate. The opponent just happened to be in the way. Let Josh Allen show some swag. <laughs> let, let us show some swag. Everybody else around the NFL, you got Tyreek Hill flipping. You got uh, uh, Hines from, from Indianapolis Colts. He's in the gymnastics. But we flip a football, we get a flag. Come on, man. Yeah, I mean, if we go by the rule book, it is. But there's a reason the league is dubbed the No Fun League, and that's a perfect example. I mean, he spun the ball in the guy's face. That's hilarious. I love it. I hope he does it again. I don't care. I'll no. take that flag any, any day. And sorry, uh, yeah, uh, no flag, flag, no flag. I say, I mean, you gotta let them celebrate. I mean, it was it was the no fun league, and recently we've let up on these rules in the NFL. But you spike it, and it's a flag. Like, come on. And there's one that's even worse than that. And you know, you be the judge on this one too. Let me uh, play this clip here. It's going to be really quick. So I'll play it a second time in case you don't know what it is. So Zach Moss there, I believe that's the play that he flipped the football back. Yep. And they and they call a and they call a penalty like again, once again. I I am not sure what the parameters are. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you know what? The riffs, the refs are different each game, right? Bills have a different set of refs than the Steelers. They all need to have a Zoom meeting the Saturday before the game so they can all rectify this situation. And it could be the same down the line f- across the NFL because that was just ridiculous. You know, the Allen one, I can give some leeway to. I mean, sure. I a mean, little I, bit. A I, little I, bit. I, I wouldn't call it, but whatever. Right. That Moss one literally just dropped. Like, what do you do? Do we have to go over to the referee and hand them the football? Is that what has to be done? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, like, what exactly? What do you want him to do? Do you want him to like two hand give him the football? Like, oh, thank you, ref. Thank you. Like, he dropped the ball. What do you want him to do? Like. I could understand the Allen one. He spun the ball in the guy's face. Okay, technically, by the rules, that is technically taunting. This one, I, I mean, guys are backflipping into the end zone, and then he can't drop the ball. Come on. Like, let's right. be real. Right. Yep. No flag. No flag. Everyone pretty much no agrees flag, with no. I can't. No Especially the Moss. I really don't think the Allen one was either. I just think the defender was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, yeah. at the time he was doing the, doing the spin. But. Yeah, you know what? I agree. That's uh, those were some bogus, bogus calls. But let's move on. We've been talking about the NFL. The NFL is officiating. Let's get into some more talks about our Buffalo Bills 
and their offensive performance, what we liked or didn't like about this. Hey, Rich, you want to start off? Um, yeah, man. I What I liked from our offensive performance is the running game. Our running game, we showed up. And it was it was exciting to see the Buffalo Bills rush for uh, a total of 172 yards. Devin Singletary had 11 for 82. Zach Moss had 9 for 55. Buffalo as a team averaged 5.7 yards per carry this past Sunday. That was the highest yards per carry this season, uh, eclipsing the five yards of carry against the New England Patriots. So for us and for myself, it was a very great thing to see offensive production come via running the football because come December, later this year, come January next year, January football, and with this pandemic, who knows, even February football, uh, the Buffalo Bills is going to be cold in their stadium, and we're going to have to run the football. So it was great to see uh, us rush the way we did. Chris? I'm yeah, waiting. I have to agree. I mean, the rushing game did come back a little bit. A little bit disappointed with the the uh, passing game. Not much really got going. I mean, Allen had what 157 yards. Not great from him. We've seen better. Hopefully, we will see better again. But I mean, we won the game. That's all I could ask for. But one thing: Did we run the ball to the right side once? The like, guy actually don't know. I don't think we did. We just pound the ball to the left side every time, and eventually teams will pick up on that and just stack the left side. We need to start getting the run to the right. That's actually a good analysis. I, I, I thinking about it, they do right. run to the left all the time. Every time, it's bad. That is, that, I mean, that is nice. Nice analysis. So for me, I'm gonna go off, and I'm gonna give you both some of the things I liked and I didn't like. I'm gonna start with the beginning of the game. I loved our first drive where we took a shot downfield and forced them to take. Pass interference put us right there. And then Dawson Knox with his first touchdown of the season. I'm going to show this clip because it was a beauty catch he had. I mean, it was a short throw, but it was a heck of a catch. For Josh Allen. So Dawson Knox contributing. That's something I like to see from our tight ends. Finally. Finally. That 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 wasn't an easy catch. Definitely not. I mean, it wasn't an easy catch. There's some no, easy was... ones he drops, but yeah, that's why he. I feel like he makes more of the hard ones and then drops the easy ones. Like he loses focus on the easy ones. He just kind of takes it for granted. But then on the hard ones, he'll he'll go up grabbing one-handed passes and all that. But it's finally good to see him get the ball in the end zone. And I was surprised before the game because I think Croft was inactive, and I've been calling for him to play this for the past two years. So I wasn't happy when he was you know, dropped for this game. But, you know, if if Dawson Knox will step up, I'll take it all the time. I want to talk play calls here because there's some I liked and then there's others I did not like at all. I despised them. I'm going to start off by showing you one that I liked. It was a little, uh, a little trickery here on... The flip to Beasley with a nice touchdown pass. That was a well-thought-out, drawn-up design. Good job from Brian Dable. But then there's other drives. I believe it was our second drive of the game. I mean, I, we, had, we had 
a quarterback run designed for Josh Allen. I think it was third and one, maybe one. third horrible and one. Play call. Just a horrible. Just it was horrible. And let's show it. Let's show that. <laughs> I, I don't have that clip, but that was a horrible play call. Just give the ball to Moss right up the middle, first down, easy. No, we pull an Anthony Lynn out of our coaching playbook, and we leave Gabriel Davis to block Joey Bosa. That's never going to end well. And was that the same play where – who was it in the backfield? Was it Moss? I believe that was the same play where Allen goes out left and the running back goes the other way. Why? Mm, Having right, as a right. lead blocker, especially if you're going to run towards you know Joey Bosa, right. he goes out the other way like – what are you doing? Like that, it wasn't a read option or anything. It was just they just went the other way. I'm like, either he. I'm thinking like at the time, like you must have made a mistake because there's no way that's the play call because that was bad. And you yeah. know, go ahead, Jacob. Go ahead. Okay, so there's uh, some other play calls I want to talk about. Um, well, first of all, Brian Winters looked really silly on this one passing play. He's looked silly a couple times. He didn't even touch anybody. Um, the one that I'm thinking about is when, which was it? I don't know. Hey, Rich, go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to think for a second. Just what were you having to say? Nah, nah, nah. You was right. You, you was good, Jacob. You was good. Um, what I was going to say with the offense, the offense, we just have to. Uh, uh, we did a a pretty decent job on Sunday. You know, we just have to do better things. Brian Dable did have some some predictable play calling or play calling in or, or made some play calls that gave us unfavorable matchups, right? Like you alluded to with Joey Bosa and Gabriel Davis on the um, block, uh, block, trying to block Joey Bosa or the third and one play with the sweep. I'm not sure. Thinking about it again, is it Brian Dable on that chip on Joey Bosa or is Josh Allen supposed to recognize that pre-snap? And probably call a timeout or come out of the play because Brian Day was calling the play, but Josh Allen, in my opinion, he has to recognize situations on the football field. So uh, I I, want to put the fault to Brian Dable, but at the same time, I think it's a combination of both play and coach. Okay. Well, uh, some fault that I have for Brian Dable. And, you know, sometimes he catches you by surprise with these screen plays, these screen designs. But there's there's multiple times where screens popped in this game. And then there was a third and 23 <laughs> where we ran a screen. We've done this a couple times in long yardage situations. It's just become too predictable, and we need to change it up a bit. Just spread the ball downfield. That's why we have these great receivers. Yeah, I was going to say, we have Stefan Diggs. You're telling me he can't run a 10-yard route and then take off for another even 10 yards, get us, you know, somewhat into field goal range. We're just going to run a screen. Like it comes to a point where it's like, guys, like they know it's coming and it just doesn't work. Oh, once it may pop and you look like a genius, but I'd rather you take a shot downfield and get into field goal range instead of getting a screen that may not work. So what's the deal with Cole Beasley? Uh, is Cole Beasley a victim of the John Brown effect as well? Does Cole, uh, does John Brown speed? on the outside, open up everything in the middle for Cole Beasley to get his work done. And when John Brown is not in the game, Cole Beasley is affected. Could that be possible? 100%. I think so, for sure. Yeah. John Brown really affects this whole receiving core. We're seeing how much of an impact 
his absence has. But I think Gabriel Davis is going to be stepping up in a big way with uh, John Brown being absent for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I think we could definitely see the future of this receiving core. Obviously, Diggs should be here for a long time. But McKenzie and and, um, and Davis could definitely step in once Brown and Beasley move on because they're getting up there in age, and I think their contracts are expiring sometime soon. So you could definitely see those two possibly take over both in the slot and the, inside, and the outside. So I'm not too worried, but definitely Brown, the looks of it right now, he is a huge factor that we were going to miss out on. And comment here, Beasley open 7-11, 24-7, 365. Hey, he's right. Beasley. Those are a lot of numbers. He's got, <laughs> he's got a knack for getting open, though. He just finds a way open, and he does it really well. He creates great separation on these routes. His speed and route running is it's pretty good. Well, that's an understatement. It is. It is. Uh, so let's move into the defensive performance from this game. What we liked and didn't like. Hey, Rich? I mean, uh, the defensive performance, in my opinion, is has been very, very good the last few games, and it hasn't been any different this past Sunday. We made Justin Herbert look like a rookie for majority of the day. You know, uh, he had some throws that was good. Of course, he made some plays. He had the short touchdown for Keenan Allen. But, but for the most part, uh, we knocked him off his spots. He was rushed in a lot of throws. He was inaccurate with a lot of throws. 31 for 52, 316 yards, barely over 300 yards, over 50 pass attempts. One was for 55 yards at the end of the game, which was the Hail Mary for the second straight week, which cannot happen. We cannot be giving up hell Marys like the shit is a slant. We can't. <laughs> we we cannot do that. That is it's it's unacceptable. But 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 besides that, if, and if he, if uh, Justin Herbert didn't have that, he'll have two hundred and sixty one yards passing. So I really like what our defense uh, did this past Sunday. We only allowed seventy six rushing yards. Uh, the Chargers only converted three of 16 on third down. I believe that's their lowest of the season. That's our best output of the season. The last five games, we have 19 sacks. The last five games, we have 10 takeaways. And a lot of that has uh, because of the improvement of three players, in my opinion. Tremaine Edmonds, A.J. Klein, and Teron Johnson. Teron Johnson it has been playing excellent football. He was a liability earlier in the season, but he's really stepped up his game these last few games. And overall, because of these players, our defense has been looking a lot like 2019. Definitely has been. Uh, you know, I love the way our defense played in this game. For the most part, we played an exceptional game holding. And I got to give props to you, A. Rich. You, uh, Predicted this on last week's show. Tredavious White to have an interception. Not only that, but we held Keenan Allen to four receptions for 40 yards on 10 targets. You know, the number one guy in targets in the NFL, Keenan Allen. And we held him in check to just one touchdown as well. That was a great performance from our secondary for the most part. But I'm going to show this ugly clip because we were just talking about the Hail Marys and how much of a problem this is. Because... Not only did it happen in the Arizona game, 
And not only did it happen in a live play, but it also happened in a play that came back due to a flag. So that's three Hail Marys in two weeks. Here's this uh, ugly play for us to watch. I'm like, again, again, again. I don't, what is going on? If I'm an opposing team, I'm coming out first play of the game and throwing a Hail Mary. Fuck it. (laughs) 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 It looks like, it it looks like a liability that the defense have. It looks like they have, we have some deficiencies, got into Hail Mary. And shit, why, why, why not take that chance? But no, seriously, uh, that's something that 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 just can't happen. It just cannot happen. It can't happen because like it happens once in a blue the moon, ball. and it happens S- twice. Swat. Just swat the ball. It's not hard. Don't try and catch it. What's the point? Just whack that out of the air, and you're good. Like it's not that hard of a thing to do. We've seen it twice now. Hopefully, Sean McDermott's like gonna whack something into them to teach them to whack the ball out of the air, but. Man, it's got to stop. It, it's very frustrating. I mean, luckily, Anthony Lynn doesn't know how to call plays at the goal line and how to tie, to tie management. So thank God <laughs> that it meant nothing. But, man, it's happened twice in a row. It's bad. Better, better coaching. Listen, better coaching from the Chargers staff, that's a, a completely different ballgame. If, if they had better coaching, if they didn't have that Rex Ryan kind of coaching over there, it would have been it would have been a it would have been a better ball game for the Chargers this past Sunday. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous in the last two minutes of that football game. But uh, I've got a question here from my guy Joseph Clark in the comments section. Do you think Tyreek is better than Diggs? Stephen A. claimed yesterday that Tyreek was the best wideout in the league. Um, it's tough. It's tough. So the reason why I would probably, I probably wouldn't argue people that says Tyreek Hill is better than, and than Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the league is because he brings a fear factor before the ball is snapped. Nobody even want to line up five yards with Tyreek Hill. So you have you have you almost have to line up seven to ten yards off the ball when you're facing Tyreek Hill. And when you do that, you already beat because it's not like he's just a speed demon. He could run every route in the route street. So because of that fear factor Tyreek Hill brings to the table, uh, I think that uh, he may have the edge or I wouldn't argue with people that thinks he has the edge over Stefan Diggs. So, yeah. I personally, I think Diggs is the better receiver. Although, you know, Tyreek, he's had a chemistry with Patrick Mahomes for two seasons or more now. And, you know, Mahomes is special. Allen's special as well. But it's Patrick Mahomes working with Tyreek Hill. They've also got so many other weapons on the offense. You can say the same about us. And I wouldn't argue anyone that said Tyreek Hill is a better receiver. But they're, they have different skill sets. I mean... Tyreek Hill's more of a speed burner guy. And Diggs, although Tyreek Hill's a route runner as well, I'd say that Diggs is a better route runner out of the two. Easily. Easily. And, 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 and it helps when you have the best tight end in the game that can take over the intermediate part of the passing game and open up uh, your part as a wide receiver as well. So uh, they do have a lot of weapons, and they have a top-flight tight end to go in that offense. So that makes a difference. Definitely. That was a really good question, actually. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, 
So back to the Hail Mary concerns. There were five guys there. How do you not get the ball five on one? Come on, man. And, you know, maybe just want the ball. I don't know. Like, come on, guys. That's all you have to do. And, and, and it's such a low percentage play. That's why it's scary to see a low percentage play be successful against your team multiple times in one season is frustrating. There's a reason why it's called the Hail Mary. It's because it's legitimately a prayer play. Like, yeah, you throw it up, you say a yeah. prayer, and hope right. it works. Right. To work twice. Right. That's like, like bad. And it's not even Aaron Rodgers doing it against us, who has done it like 17 times before. Right. It's Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray. Yeah, I don't like that. It's a cause for concern for sure. And we're going to move forward past this Chargers game because we've got another exciting opponent this week. We're going to move into our fantasy frenzy segment here on the show. It's what we like to do. It's the Bills Bunker Built in Buffalo show. And uh, I want to show a little uh, little picture here because I'm not Sam Darnold against Damn. the Rich. Damn, was- just Damn. This was uh, for first place in our division. I picked up Justin Herbert off the waiver wire. I advanced to 10 and 2, and A Rich falls to 9 and 3 on the year. That's a tight battle between these. I, I, you know what? It, it, it happens. I, you know, Josh Allen, he. We, you know, we won the war, but I lost the battle with with with, with Josh Allen this past Sunday, right? And you know what? I'll I'll take it. I'll take it because I won a couple weeks ago because of a hail mary from DeAndre Hopkins. So it balances itself out. And you know what? I had two wins this week because the Bills came away with a win too. So I'm excited. Yep. I would never cheer against my Bills for a fantasy football match. I just want to make that completely clear to everyone watching this. So uh, moving forward with our fantasy frenzy segment, we're going to get into picking our fantasy player on the Bills that's not named Josh Allen for the week coming up against the San Francisco 49ers. Chris, I'm going to let you start off, and this is who you had. Um, So I had Devin Singletary, 13 carries, 75 yards. I think I had him around, I think, 9.5 points. That's factoring in probably a couple catches there. But um, I think he definitely needs to get the, the ground game going against these guys. Um, as a team, we need to also factoring in an Allen runner two or a Moss runner two. But I think he'll get the majority of the carries and just have an all-around solid day. Okay. Uh, Keem? Stefan Diggs, now receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown. You know, it's time. Stefan Diggs, he was quiet last week. This past week, he was he wasn't uh quiet in the Arizona game, but he didn't go over 100 yards. And I believe this is the game that uh, he will eclipse that. I believe he will be effective. I believe this is the game the Buffalo Bills will find consistency on the offensive side of the ball without John Brown. And it starts with our number one receiver, Stefan Diggs. Nine receptions, 114, touchdown. Well, we were talking about how Cole Beasley, he's left open a lot. And I picked him up in a fantasy league, not ours, a different one. And I played him. He had a passing touchdown. So that that really contributed to my team's success. But this week, I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis. Because as, as I was saying earlier, 
in the absence of John Brown, somebody needs to step up. And I think Gabriel Davis, he's going to do that this week with four receptions for 74, 75 yards and a touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers. I like it. That, that. Uh, that moves us into some more player predictions. And if anyone watching this has a player prediction that you want up here, make sure you drop it in the comments section. I'll post as many as I can up here. And I'm going to start off with my own. I've got the Bills defense coming away with four sacks in this game and Josh Allen having every touchdown the Bills have in this game. I'll get to my score prediction later. Three passing touchdowns for Josh Allen. He's going to go off. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, he only had one this past Sunday. Uh, three seems like and it seems like he's it, it, it's destined to be. You know, he's been quiet. It's, it's, it's time to perform. And we're going to need that performance. Kyle Shanahan runs the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they are 5-16. and 16. They are coming back healthy. And I think they have an exceptional coach. This is not Anthony Lynn this week. You know, if we don't come out and coach well and play consistent football, we can be beat. And I think we'll be all right. I'm going to let you take your pick now as well. Yeah, once again, uh, Diggs, uh, fantasy, once again, uh, big player impact, 9 for 114, a touchdown. And Teron Johnson. Uh, Teron Johnson, in my opinion, has been playing very good football, above average football in the slot. I know he gave up the two-point conversion to Keenan Allen, but I'm not mad at that because that's Keenan Allen. You know, he's going to make plays. They move him around a lot, and they're going to find ways to uh, get him the football, and these millionaires on the other side have to make plays as well. So I wasn't mad at that at all. Teron Johnson, eight tackles, one sack, and a forced fumble. I think he's going to be physical uh, in the box, and I think he's going to do uh, enough to for the defense to rise to the occasion and, and, and ultimately get this victory for our ball club. I'd love to see it. Chris, I'm going to let you do yours, and then we're going to get to some in the comments section. Yeah, so I had Jerry Hughes getting two of those four sacks from you. Um, I think nice. he stepped up big time, hopefully. Um, he's getting there every time, man. He's always in the backfield, and I think it's about time he finally, you know, has that game where he, you know, the star of the D-line. And uh, also Trey White, a 45 QBR against. So, um, I mean, I believe it's still Nick Mullins in that quarterback. Yep. So I think Trey White should lock down whoever they're going to throw at him or whoever he's going to cover. And um, he might not even give up a catch. Who knows? <laughs> but I'll give 45 for just to be safe. So some uh, comments here in the comment section, some predictions. Crease B, King Rich brought it up. Moss, 93 yards and two touchdowns. I like it. Zach Moss, he's going to have a big game this week for sure. I think Zach Moss is 1A of the running backs on this team. That's just my opinion. Um, Joseph Clark, Josh Allen, five TDs. I like that. I'd love to see that four. performance. That'd be He's a nice good. performance. He did I'd it for I think. I'd love to see it. Do I remember right? Allen has zero TD interceptions in the red zone. Yes, zero That's interceptions correct. in the red zone throughout his NFL career. Niners fan, welcome to the channel. Welcome to the channel. Debo, the channel. Debo Samuel, nine receptions for 115 yards. Not on Trey White. 
So look, so listen, this is and this this is important. And shout out to 49ers fan. I've been seeing a lot of different fans come on our channel the last couple of weeks. Shout shout out to y'all, man. We're not biased at all. I like Debo Samuel, and I think it's imperative because th this is nine for one fifteen. It can happen. Because what do the Buffalo Bills struggle with? We struggle with wrapping up, tackling it, and physicality. Debo Samuel is a yak specialist. So once he gets the ball in his hands, it is imperative that we wrap up and tackle. Otherwise, he might Robert Woods us. We've seen what Robert Woods did uh, in week three, and he has that similar capability. So I like that. No, that's that's a good assessment. I like that a lot. And we've got another 49ers fan here. Hope for a good game and no injuries. That being said, go Niners. 23-19. Like it. Shout out Glendale Watson, man. Shout out Glendale, man. We appreciate you for coming on. Go Bills. Yes, sir. So moving on from the predict player predictions on this show, we're going to get into our offensive and defensive keys for success against the 49ers. And at the end of the show, we're going to move into our score prediction. So stay tuned for that. I want you guys to all comment your offensive and defensive keys to success in the comments section. I'll post as many as I can. Chris, what do you think the key to success on offense is? Um, well, if I'm correct, Tess Sherman with, the, with uh, Diggs, because I think he's coming back off a calf injury or something like that. So yep. his legs might not be there quite yet. He might need to, you know, get back up to full game speed and Diggs being that other guy, uh, throw the ball deep to him. Let him run slant. Even if it's slants, just have him moving around the field, test out his legs. And uh, hopefully we could, uh, you know, expose that. Yeah. I like that. And uh, no turnovers is a big, big key to success in this game. We turned over the ball three times within a couple minutes last game against the Chargers, and we need to clean that up this week, or we're going to be in trouble against a defense who's good at tr generating turnovers, San Francisco 49ers. They've got a hell of a defense. Um, we just we got to play clean football, no stupid turnovers, no hero ball from Josh. Hold on to the ball for dear life. Go down to the ground with the football in your hand. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, whatever the identity is this game, you know, whatever the identity is, we've been passing. We found success passing. We ran for 172 yards last week. Whatever the identity is for that game, find it, attack it, and stick with it. Uh Find consistency without John Brown. John Brown has been out uh, basically all season, up and down, right? And we haven't found that consistency on the offensive side of the ball without John Brown. And I believe this is the game where we have to find it. We have to find that groove. We have to find that consistency. John, uh, Josh Allen has to be able to be efficient with the football without John Brown being in the football game. So that is something I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to see. And once again, like you said, uh, limit turnovers and play physical up front. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, 
They're a physical football team. The NFC West is a physical, uh, they face a physical style of football out there. We have to be physical out up front, physical in the trenches on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. If we could be physical and play tough, I think we'll be all right. 100%. And we've got a super chat here from Brooke. Thank you for the super chat. If anyone wants what they're saying in the comment section, put up super chat. You're guaranteed to have it put up there. Do not turn the ball over. Exactly what I was saying. Clean football will win this game. A key to success, absolutely. Shout out, Brooke, man, for the super, super chat. So moving forward from the offensive keys to defensive keys. And, I mean, we got to remain physical. Got to remain physical. Uh, you got to wrap up and tackle. This is important. We are we are playing a Kyle Shanahan offense. A Kyle Shanahan offense is uh, designed to get the ball in their playmakers' hands and their playmakers do something with it. And we have to do a good job of playing physical, wrapping up, and tackling. We have to do a, bit, a good job of taking the proper angles. We can't over-pursue. We can't over-pursue running backs. We can't over-pursue uh, uh, running lanes. And we just have to play great fundamental fundamental, uh, fundamental, physical style of football. And if we could do that, uh, the Buffalo Bills defense, Leslie Frazier, they will, uh, they will do enough to win this football game. And uh, Chris, what do you have? For um, defense? Yes. Stop, yeah, stop the run and we win. Because if Nick Mullins is playing, I believe we should be able to hold him down. And Raheem Mostert, I believe, is coming back. He, yep. We saw what he did in the playoffs last year. Absolutely torched Green Bay. And we've, you know, we've given up some um, big-time numbers in the run game this season. But, you know, I have confidence that we can stop the run. And if we do, there should be no excuse to not win this game. Offense should be able to handle their side of the ball. And... I think we walk away. You're absolutely right. That's the key. Mozart, Justin Wilson Jr. is coming back. He played a good game a, a couple of weeks ago before he went down an injury. They have uh, Jared McKinnon over there. Uh, we know we have struggles in the past with Russian defense, so that's imperative that we clog up them Russian lanes and make Mick, Nick Mullins beat us. And this here, this comment right here, key to the game, AJ Klein. It's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> kind of what I'm saying because... I have attack, but stay in your lanes. So we need to attack Nick Mullins, get in the face of that quarterback, take him down, keep doing what we're doing. As you attested to earlier, A. Rich, 19 sacks in the past five games. That's an outrageous number. I love it. Keep pressuring the quarterback, but when the runs are coming, you got to stay in your lanes, make the tackle that's necessary. So we're just doing our offensive and defensive keys to the game, which brings us into another segment on this show called Coach's Corner. This is a segment where we switch it up every week and we get to uh, act as coaches. So A. Rich this week is head coach Sean McDermott. This week I am Leslie Frazier. And Chris, you got to be Brian Dable. Chris, you want to start off giving us the offensive game plan for this week's game? 
Um, I, I think basically just starts off with establishing the run early, taking the pressure off our quarterback. I mean, he's done great this year under pressure and all that, but I mean, I do want to see us starting to run the ball more. Um, obviously with Richard Sherman back, as I said, he could get um, exposed a little bit coming back from an injury, but he is still Richard Sherman. So we can't just, you know, chuck balls at him all day on a CS run the ball and their defense is depleted with injuries. Like they've probably been the most injured team this year. So we need to take advantage of that. And how about we run to the right side this time? Let's, let's test out that side of the line because there's no point of having them there if we're just not going to run to them. So let's go that way a bit. See if Brian Winters could, you know, step up. And then once that, once we start running the ball, throw it right over top. So, what do you think of that, Sean McDermott? Do you approve? Uh, yeah, I definitely approve. I, I I like the game plan. I like the offensive game plan. I'm going to add to that and and say, you know, uh, 60 minutes of football. We have to play. The players have to play for 60 minutes. You know, I stress that shit a lot. <laughs> the players have to play for 60 minutes, and the coaches have to coach for 60 minutes because Kyle Shanahan, and I, I don't have, I don't know the, the defensive coordinator's name off the top of my head, but he's an exceptional one. You know, they have a very good coaching staff, and because of that, if they can stay in a, if they can stay in the game, your coaching staff is good enough to will you to victory. So our coaches have to be prepared. We have to be quicker adjusting to the adjustments, and we have to play a physical style of football. If we can do that, uh, we will be successful. Now I'm gonna get into being Leslie Frazier and. I'm not going to do the full version because it would be it wouldn't be pretty in the locker room for some reasons. Uh, but before that, I got to get another shout out to Brooke, another super chat. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. One pressure the, to the QB and two bat the ball down for defensive keys of the game. That's great analysis. Hey, hey Brooke is on fire. I'm gonna have to holler at him after the game. Maybe he part of Bib and I didn't know it yet. Shit. <laughs> appreciate so, it, Brooke. Um, if I'm Leslie Frazier, and I'm going to show some comments about this, I mean, we, uh, where'd they go here? Learn how to knock down Hail Marys <laughs> for the love of God. I'm, I'm in the practice facility this week. I am forcing Josh Allen to just throw Hail Mary bombs to Stefan Diggs nonstop, get three or four guys going around and just try to swat the ball down, try out some new looks in the Hail Mary defense if we have to. And as I was saying earlier, we got to pressure Nick Mullins. Get pressure on this guy, get in his face, force him to make some mistakes, and stay in your lanes in the running game because they have a solid ground game. He absolutely, absolutely right. And that is why... I don't really go crazy when players or when people say, why don't you put receivers out in the backfield on the defensive end? Because I'm not trying to intercept the ball anyway. Defensive players, you can't catch. There's a reason why you play in corner or safety, right? You probably tried in peewee to play receiver. You couldn't catch the ball, so they switched you to defense. So all we asking you to do is not down the ball. We're not asking you to intercept it. We don't need receivers to come on and intercept balls. We need our defense to knock the ball down. Definitely. And we're about to move into some score predictions. 
But I want to post my Tuesday night trivia question of the day. Before we move into that, it's a segment that we're starting to do every week here. And it's a fun one. Stay active in the comments section. Let us know what you think the answer is. So I'll show a little stat before to just fill you guys in. So the Bills are ninth in the NFL in team sacks right now with 30. 30 sacks, five games remaining. So question of the night is, will the Bills top their total of 44 sacks in 2019? So they need to get 14 sacks to tie 15 to top it in the next five games. So what do you get? What do you think? I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, we have 30 sacks right now, 44 sacks to uh, 45. So we need 15 sacks. So that's three sacks a game, being that we have five games remaining. Uh, it's it's doable. It's definitely doable. The last five games we have a uh, of 19 sacks. So we can uh, stay on that same rate. Uh, it's possible. Uh, we, we definitely going to see the schedule definitely has something to do with that. It's not an easy schedule. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, New England, Miami. Uh, it's not an easy schedule, but it can be done. I think uh, I think we can get three sacks a game, especially considering we've had 19 in the past five games. Our defense appears to be getting hot at the right time heading into the playoffs. And uh, I think that momentum is going to drive this team going forward. So my answer is yes. I think I think we got around 44 to 46. So either tie or higher, in my opinion. What do you think, Chris? See, I was leaning towards no at first, but it's like, what do we need? 14 sacks in the next five games? 14. I mean, it's doable. It definitely is doable. But is. like, we do have to play Ben Roethlisberger who is going to probably drop that number a bit, just him, him alone. But I don't know. I think we'll be very close. But I think we'll have 42. That's my guess. Okay. And the answer here in the comment section, no, I think we'll get to 41. No. Yes. Yeah. No way. No. I think it's possible if we keep getting better on defense and keep staying consistent with that. Yeah. And I think it, it and if we do, I think a, a, a big reason, a big player in us doing it will be Jerry Hughes. If we get to that point, I think he'll be uh, a beneficiary uh, to that. And he would definitely deserve some Pro Bowl considerations if we do. And he's just one or two sacks away from. Uh, Passing Cornelius Bennett on the all-time Bills franchise sacks list. So another Maybe. one here. Yep. Thirty-five. So I don't. I don't think we're going to be held to just five sacks in five games. But it is. That's a prediction, one way or another. Um, this is. Cowboy DM three up there with a super chat. Oh, great show, fellas. Thank you for your uh, super chat. DM3, great show. We appreciate it. We're trying to get out here. We're here every Tuesday night. Make sure you check us out every Tuesday. And uh, we'll be posting some more content going forward. 
So we're approaching the end of our show, past final 10, 15 minutes here, approaching the one hour mark. We're going to get into some fun predictions here at the end. We're going to have our score prediction for this San Francisco Buffalo game. And then we're going to go around the NFL and we're going to tell you guys who we think is going to win each and every game on the schedule this week. So I'm going to start off 24-17. Buffalo is my prediction. I see Josh Allen having a three-passing touchdown game. And I also see Tyler Bass making a field goal of 43 yards. It's pretty exact, but 43 yards. We'll see. We'll see if it happens. I think our defense is starting to come alive and regaining that 2019 form. We've heard it a lot. Sound like a broken record, but it's true. 17 points. If we can hold the 49ers to that, I think we're pretty set. Chris? Yeah, I have 30 to 17. I do think we get back to that uh, 30 point mark that we were hitting earlier in the season. Um, I mean, 17 points the other way. I just don't really see us giving up a lot to Nick Mullins. Like, watch, now I say that he's going to go off for 450 and six touchdowns. But realistically, I think we should be able to hold him. Our defense is coming back to our form from last year. We were shut down almost everyone. And um, now we have the offense to push us over the top. And I think we should be able to get this done pretty easily. Okay, hey, Rich. 28-17 Buffalo. I'm not scared of Nick Mullins. Uh, I think that. Kyle Shanahan can make him play a little better than what he actually is. So that is the fear factor when I think about Nick Mullins. I fear the 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 play calling Kyle Shanahan. But the Buffalo Bills 28-17. I think that I seen Bay Mafia put up a good comment. We need to sack Nick Mullins five or six times. I agree. Uh, he's a backup quarterback. We have to make him look like a, a backup quarterback. When you are facing great quarterbacks, there's not a lot we can do. We can try and hope and contain. But when we're facing quarterbacks that we're supposed to stop, we have to do so. And Nick Mullins is one of those quarterbacks that we're supposed to stop. And if our defense is turning the corner like we've been the last five games, there's no reason why the Buffalo Bills defense shouldn't be able to, to stop uh, San Francisco majority of the game while Buffalo finds their stride on the offense, scoring 28 points, 28-17, Bills Mafia. And DM3, Video Vault, check out this channel if you haven't already. 27-17, to 17, Bills. So all the built-in Buffalo squad has the 49ers at just 17 points. That's, uh, that's interesting. 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 Yep. Uh, so we got the Niners Nation in here, 23-20. We'll what, is he, what is he supposed to say? What is he supposed What is he supposed to say? Shout out Ethan for that, man. Shout out Ethan. We appreciate you for coming on, listening to our broadcast, man. We appreciate it. Uh, 27 to 24 OT win for the Bills from Kreez Bees. OT. Shout out Kreez Bees on every week, man. We appreciate you. Every week. We appreciate it. And we're going to get into this upcoming week around the NFL we're going to get give you our picks for this upcoming week. And we're going to start off with the Saints versus Falcons in a divisional matchup. Yeah, man. Saints versus Falcons. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, one touchdown. Cole Beasley, one touchdown. Taysom Hill, no touchdowns. 
Atlanta Falcons just blistered the Oakland Raiders. Atlanta Falcons are not that good, but they've been better once they eliminated that coach and they still have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan over there. It's not a good matchup for Taysom Hill and the Saints. I got the Falcons in the upset with this one. I'm with you. I got the Falcons with an upset. They upset the Raiders in a big way. The Falcons offense reminds us what they can do. And I think against Taysom Hill and the Saints, it could get ugly. Falcons are going to take this one. See, I don't know. I made the mistake in the last time they played to pick <laughs> the Falcons, and I ate my words there. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Saints just because, I mean, I think they're just going to run the ball with Alvin Kamara, and mm. they're not going to be able to do anything to stop him. And then Nick Mull, or not the Mick, uh, Taysom Hill um, mm-hmm. is just going to run circles around some of those guys. Um, mm-hmm. He won't throw the ball because why would you throw the ball? But um, yeah, I think Saints will come out. It won't be a terrible like scoreline, but it'll be probably the Saints. And Brooke had some super chats earlier taking the Saints 34-14. We will okay. see. Yep. Bane Mafia, Falcons 35, Saints 34. Okay. Like Fal- it. Falcons upset. Lone Wolf from Atlanta, go Falcons. So, NFC North matchup between the Lions and the Bears. Hmm. You know, um, it just, this usually would be a tough one, but history has it that when you fire the head coach, the team plays better after the head coach leaves. I guess that's why the Jets didn't fire Gates, right? They want that number one pick. But because of that and the combination of Chicago Bears just not having a competent quarterback, uh, I think Matthew Stafford and the Lions would get this victory. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mitch Trubisky's confidence, whatever he had, must have taken a huge hit when they put in Nick Foles that early in the season. Probably a mistake, and that's going to come back to bite them. They're not going to get a top draft pick because of their success at the beginning of the year. I've got the Lions in this game as well. How about you, Chris? I think the Lions too. Um, I mean, we've seen some good play from the Lions earlier on. I mean, we saw some good games from the Bears too, but I don't know. I, I mean... They're both not very good, <laughs> so it's going to be probably a bad game, but I think Matthew Stafford should be able to take this one. Yep. We've got some predictions here. Both are lost. The Bears, just like saying that. <laughs> Moving forward from the Bears to the AFC South, Colts, Texans, and the Texans have been emerging recently. What do you guys think? I think they win. I think the Texans win that game. Okay. Because the Colts, they're a good team, but I feel like they're one of those teams that'll lose that game that they should win. And I'm not a big fan of um, Phillip Rivers. He's just not been great this year. Last year, he was even worse. Um so I think the Texans come back to a bit of their form from last year, and I think they do win this game. Uh, I got the Colts. <clears throat> the Colts, they're, they're a good team. I think that their defense is 
is very good in this 2020 NFL season. Uh, Will Fuller is out because of the PEDs. I think that he was a, a good weapon for Deshaun Watson. Bradley Robert, Roby, the cornerback, is also out with the PEDs. Uh, I think they just they, they didn't have that much talent to begin with, and then two more of their more talented players is out. I got the Colts winning this game. And Anthony John with a perfect comment. Colts, angry win. Yeah, that loss to Tennessee last week really hurt. Tight division. They were tied going into that game. I've got the Colts over the Texans in this one. And a team that was just upset last week by the Falcons plays against the Jets this week. Uh, what are you guys thinking? Who's in that quarterback for the Jets? Is it still Darnold? It's Darnold. <laughs> oh, then the Raiders are winning this game, hundred percent. Yeah, Donald's playing. It's Raiders. Y- yeah, if 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 Adam Gase is coaching, it's the Raiders. It, it's the Raiders. <laughs> it's the Raiders. So moving on from that one, pretty quickly, Browns versus Titans. No passing in this game. I'll tell you that right now. It's the battle of who could run more, and ah. Uh, you know what? I think the Browns, for some reason, pull this one off. I don't know why. I think they might just run for more than Derrick Henry will, and it'll come down to that. I think the Browns take this one. Interesting. I've got Tennessee Titans. I don't think that the Browns can compete with the Titans. Uh, they've just they've played some pretty weak opponents this year, and that's representative of their record. I have to agree. I have I have the Titans. I just think that um. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are, you know, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. Moving on to the Bengals and Dolphins. And you know what? I've said a prediction on this show before, so I can't change it. I don't care that they're Joe Burless. I got the Bengals beating the Dolphins this week. See, I don't know. Like, without Joe Burrow, it's like that was like their only hope, that team. But um, I think the Dolphins do take this one. Also, is Tua back this week or no? Because I, I know he like chipped his nail or like I don't <laughs> something. I don't know. He got a, like a, a paper cut or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know. He so if he's back, then who knows? But I don't know. I think the Dolphins still win this game, regardless who's at quarterback. I just don't think the Bengals are very good. Yeah, chipped his nail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I have to agree with that, man. I just don't think. Yeah, I I hate I hate to see it. I hate to see that Joe Burrow went down before the Dolphins. But I got the Dolphins winning that. I'm cheering for the Bengals, of course, of course. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to be wrong, of, of course. Jaguars, Vikings, Vikings. End of story. Jaguars suck. <laughs> They're just not good. I'm on a different road. I'm going to take the Jags on the upset here. I thought last week the Panthers were going to win. Vikings with the comeback at the end. I'm taking the Jags in this game. Part of me want to take the Jags. I've I seen the Vikings lose to the Dallas Cowboys, and the Jaguars, I think, are better than Dallas. You know, I think, you know, maybe not as much weapons at receiver, but I think overall they're a better team. But the Vikings, they're going for a playoff. They're pushing. They're five and six. They believe I got the Vikings. I'm going to go back to the Dolphins game here for a second because we got a comment here. Bane Mafia, Bengals 17, Dolphins 15. Rich G, fins down. (laughs) 
like it. I like it. Shout out Rich G. Shout out Bay Mafia. So Rams Cardinals. This is tough. This is tough. I think both teams are real, and I think Jared Goff is a turnover machine, and I think Arizona Cardinals is, has been flustering ever since they got that lucky win against the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go the Rams here. Yeah, I mean, they both came off like disappointing losses. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I want to say the Rams just because their defense is better, but it'll be close, and this is for – like what? Second place in the division? First place? I don't even know how that division's going right now. I think the Rams are one game up in the division. Are they? Up? Oh, uh, where is the game? Not that it really matters. I think it's Arizona. Arizona. Ah, uh, you know what? I'll just take the Rams. I I don't really know. It's a close one. I'm taking the Cardinals. I think uh, Kyler Murray. He looked injured last week, and uh, he's gonna have a rebound week this week against the Rams. Coming off that loss to the Patriots, I see D-Hop pulling some miracle stuff I don't want to talk about. Giants, Seahawks. Daniel Jones is not – if Daniel Jones is not playing, I got to go Seahawks. If he is playing, I, I, I give them a chance. I give them a chance. But I would still go Seahawks. It just depends on how close the score is, depending on if Daniel Jones is playing or not. See, if Daniel Jones is playing, then I'm going to stick with this prediction. If he's not playing, they're not winning the game. Mm -hmm. If Daniel Jones is playing, I think they're going to pull off the win. Doing it for my friend. He's a Giants fan. I think they're going to win. I hope so, too. That would be hilarious. I think the Seahawks win this game. I don't think there's any way the Giants win. But, you know, the Seahawks and Eagles are pretty close, so maybe. But I think the Seahawks come away. Moving on to Eagles-Packers. And I think this is just going to be a blowout. The Packers are going to walk and stomp all over the Eagles. They're going to shoot those birds out of the sky. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Duck hunt. Patriots-Chargers. This is an interesting game. Our opponent last week against an opponent we don't like so much. You know what? I got the Chargers winning this game. I think Anthony Lynn was embarrassed with that coaching fiasco last week. So for a game, he cleans it up. And because he cleans it up, the Chargers have a bunch of weapons to deal with. And I think they score enough points. And I don't think Cam Newton could keep up. Ah, it's See, the thing is, it's Anthony Lynn. So it yeah. could really come down to a coaching battle. Yeah. And I'll never bet against Bill Belichick in a coaching battle. Right. Um, they're both kind of similar teams. Like they both have pretty good defenses. I think I don't think the Chargers statistically wise are up there, but they have some weapons there. And offense, I mean, Keenan Allen's an issue against Gilmore, yes, but uh, I think the Patriots will win this just because of Belichick. After the display of coaching I saw or rather <laughs> the, the lack of coaching I saw from Anthony Lynn this past week. Right. No chance I can go against Bill Belichick. I don't care if he's got Jarrett Stidham playing at quarterback, Brian Hoyer. I don't care who they play at quarterback. Patriots will win this game. And it's unfortunate that Justin Herbert is stuck in a situation with 
Anthony Lynn right now. Moving on to the final game of the week, we have Broncos at Kansas City. I mean, do we really do we really have yeah. to? <laughs> Chiefs I holding. Mean, yeah, it has to be. I mean, well, are the quarterbacks back in Denver at least to give them a shot? Because if they don't have a quarterback, like like let's let's not even joke about this. It's going to be like a seventy point game. But if they have Drew Locke, then maybe they could pull off an upset. We've seen crazier things, but yeah. I still think Kansas City wins that game. KC all day, easy, easy yeah. dub. So this has been a fun show and hot take here, Broncos. Okay. Shout okay. out John. Shout out John. Okay. For that hot, hot take, I think he just wanted to pray right Broncos just to be the outcast. But there's nothing wrong with that. Shout out John for his for for his take. So Kreese Bees mentions Raven Steelers. I left this oh, off yeah. because I left this off because I'm not sure what's going on with it. We hinted at it, we hinted at it last week. Uh, I I said that the Steelers would win this game and continue being undefeated. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so because I don't think the Ravens really have anyone playing. They're going to start RG three at quarterback most likely. Um, they're playing at like. 3.30 on a Wednesday because NBC decides that Christmas tree is more important than a football game. So um, I probably would say Pittsburgh just because literally no one's playing for Baltimore. So, yeah. Uh, I have to – you know what? I'm going Ravens with this one. I'm going Ravens. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers is one of them confusing teams that I think can play down to, to competition as well. And I also think that their 10-0 is not it, – it, it, I respect it, but it's not a 10-0 t- a I, I fear. And John Harbaugh, the Baltimore Ravens, one thing about them, they're going to bring a physical brand of football. And, uh, you know, I just got them uh, getting this victory. They need it. They're on the outside looking in. And I think they're going to be the hungry ball club. Well, you know, I hope the Steelers win that game because I want to play an undefeated team and I want to take that glory away from them. Of but course. On that of note, course. we're looking forward a couple of weeks. We'll be talking about that Steelers-Bills game soon. But we've got the San Francisco 49ers Monday night, and we're well over an hour now. So we're going to sign off this show. This is Jake. Hey, Rich, what do you want to say to sign off the show? Uh, yeah, man. Bills in Buffalo, Bills Bunker. We're going to be here consistently, consistent each and every Tuesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. We appreciate Brooke for the super chats. If you want to get priority, we usually like to read comments anyway. We like to give that engagement. But if you want to, your charge, your comment to be first, your comment to be priority, uh, give us a super chat, man. We really appreciate it. Anything that you give us, we don't go and spend on, on McDonald's or Chinese food. It goes to the brand. It goes It goes into what we do, and we try to give giveaways, and we try to give away things during the holidays. So we appreciate our, our, all the love and all the support. A. Rich, Akeem Richens, uh, my brother from another mother, Twitter, my Twitter monster, Chris. Chris, this was his first time on with us, and I personally think that you did an awesome job, bro, and I, I appreciate uh, having you today, and we hope that you can come on some more. Thank you. 
I appreciate coming on. I'll hopefully, as long as I'm free, I'll be on. I mean, my semester is just wrapping up for school, so a lot more free time there. Um, one thing, follow me on Twitter. You see it there. Also, follow Built in Buffalo on Twitter. Always yep. got to rep the brand. A lot more content should be coming out. And my, uh, you know, my game day updates, I don't do it for nothing. <laughs> but, uh, nice. yeah, I hope to be back on. And I uh, appreciate coming on. And, yes, you know, this is being broadcasted on both the Bills Bunker and Built in Buffalo. So if you're watching from one network, check out the other one. If you're on the Bills Bunker, check out Built in Buffalo. If you're on Built in Buffalo, check out the Bills Bunker. There's content coming out on both sides. This is great. We're a team here. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday on the Bills Bunker Live. See you guys then.